I'm not going to swear an oath I can't uphold. Talk about my father if you want. Tell me that's the attitude that got him killed. But when enough people make false promises, words stop meaning anything. Then there are no more answers, only better and better lies. And lies won't help us in this fight. That is indeed a problem. The more immediate problem is that we're fucked. Welcome to our podcast. I'm Jason. And I'm Duncan. And I'm Melissa. This is Game of Microphones episode 41. Welcome back, Melissa. Yeah, thanks. Thanks. Have you been watching Game of Thrones? You know, it's funny. Yeah, yeah, (laughs) yeah, I haven't. So, you know, I figured I'd hear from you guys what's happened the last few weeks. Um, You know, it's the last two... Since I haven't been on the podcast, there were two mm-hmm. weekends in a row or something. Basically, the last shows that I've seen, I've been able to watch two episodes on Sunday, which has been kind of oh, nice. That's so cool. Oh, so you um, you uh, so you um watch two at, at once? You, like, yeah, because I was two at once, like a movie, I, huh? Yeah, because I was not around, and I was like, well, fuck it, and I just tried to just was played the internet's very carefully as far as spoilers. Were you um, successful in not being spoiled? The only thing that was kind of spoiled for me uh, was I saw, uh, I, I kind of saw that one of the dragons was going to get it. Yeah. Um, oh. I, I mean, I just kind of put it together and I was like, oh, God damn it. Damn it. But it was okay. I was, it was okay. I still, yeah, it was difficult, but it was nice last night, especially to watch, especially because last week's episode was like an hour and 18 minutes and then last night's episode was an hour and a half so yeah it was it was pretty awesome to binge out on the thronage and it's it's movie quality better than most yes yes oh man yeah indeed well uh i want to make a couple of announcements before we get started with this week's highlights first off it's the finale of season seven no more game of thrones for like at least a year probably but i just want to thank all you guys for listening everyone who's been around for a while the dogs everyone (laughs) maple Uh, (laughs) also says thanks yes and uh all all the new (laughs) listeners that we've picked up this year because the podcast is you know getting more doing more than it ever has before i think with the popularity of the show the podcast popularity grows so welcome to all you guys and thank you guys for listening uh, the Yay. show is over for now, but not the podcast. There's a few things to tide you over until next season. The first is Duncan Rima and our friend Sean did a special uh, exclusive episode with their top three highlights for season seven as a whole. And that was um, part of this whole initiative with other Game of Thrones podcasts put together by Ball Move for a charity. So if you go check it out for a small donation, you get exclusive episodes from all these podcasts. I think there's 10 of them, 10 different Game of Thrones podcasts, all the big ones. And uh, I'll put a link in the show notes if you're interested in that. Also, Duncan came up with a great idea. So we started this podcast, Game of Microphones, really went with season five of Game of Thrones. That's when we started covering episode by episode. But Duncan's like, well, why don't we go back and cover seasons one through four? And I was like, yeah, let's do it. So, <laughs> yeah. So we're going to be doing that pretty soon. 
And I think what we're going to do instead of Maybe trying... I should join in on that. Yeah. Sorry not to interrupt you. Yes. If I join in on that, then we... I'll actually start remembering who the fuck people are. Absolutely. <laughs> and here's the thing is... That we... would make people happy. We were talking about do... whether we should do it from the perspective of someone who hasn't seen the series yet. And mm. um, that would be cool just if new people are coming to the show and they discover our podcast. But we, we just think it would be too hard to pretend we don't know anything and... Also, not as much fun. So I think what we're going to do instead is go through them and just talk about, oh, isn't it cool where this led? Or, wow, we didn't even notice this before so that we can have the perspective of the whole series. Nice. Yeah, Yeah, that'll be fun. It'll be really fun to see, you know, little things that we didn't notice back then but have taken on new significance and stuff like that. Yeah, it's so cool, too. Like, I can't even watch an old episode without noticing a million things that are important in some way or another seasons down the line, you know? So it'll be great. It's a, it's, yeah, it's, they're like, there's just so much detail in the storyline that, yeah, it's, yeah. Yeah, and I just hope people don't come to it and, uh, new to the show and get spoiled and then hate us and curse us and build voodoo, <laughs> voodoo dolls. dolls. We can uh, we can put in the title of every of every episode that it's a rewatch. Yeah, rewatch. Okay. Yeah. Finally, uh, I don't talk about it that much on Game of Microphones, but a lot of this podcasting that we do is uh, made possible because I quit my job this year and started a Patreon. So if you want to help support that, if you listen to Walking Deadcast or any of my other podcasts, this is a great way to help support it. So if you want to do that, it's Facebook, I mean, um, patreon.com slash Jason and Karen. And uh, the reason why I said Facebook is because a big part of that is if you pledge at $10 a month, you can be a part of the Facebook group. And there's a ton of uh, really rabid Game of Thrones fans on there. And we all... Talk it all out and have fun with it, and put up memes and stuff like that, and it's super fun. And um, it seems like there's probably going to be a uh, like a group of people in there that are all rewatching with the podcast. I know Hopefully, our listener yeah, yeah, Anwen yeah. had mentioned forming a group together in there. Yeah, I I think so. I mean, they actually did a rewatch before right. this season, so I don't know if they're going to want to do another one, but they'll probably at least listen to the podcast. <laughs> True. All right. Those are the announcements. Let's get into the meat of it. It's the top three highlights of Game of Thrones, season seven, episode seven, The Dragon and the Wolf. Melissa, you have not oh been around God. in a while. What'd you think of this one in general? Um, I mean, yeah. Oh my God. I thought it was amazing. A lot of shit happened. That shall be discussed, I'm sure. And um So much. It, it's so yeah. much. And it ended in a way that was like Again, as you said, I, I think it's definitely at least a year, if not more. I feel like someone mm. was even saying it's closer to two years. It's yeah. just that kind of like, oh, no, no. Oh, <laughs> man. You know, I actually think that this would have made a great series finale if you were a zombie. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. would yeah. be like, yeah. 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 It was the best ending ever. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it really was the best zombie ending. Yeah, team zombie all the way. Yeah, Um, they could have had some heroic music playing in the background. Yeah. Ride of the Valkyries or something. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Totally. (laughs) Um, But I don't know. I mean, without just getting into too much detail, I'm sure we're about to discuss it. Uh, It was... Uh, 100% satisfaction um, on my end, personally. 
YouTube yeah, dumping. Great. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. totally. <laughs> I mean, I've been hoping that John and Danny would get together for a long time. I was hoping that we would have a, a zombie dragon. I was hoping that the wall would come down at some point just because these things are set up almost like, I think of it like bubble wrap, you know, that you pop and, and this bubble wrap's been sitting around for seven years and we're finally getting just to pop waiting it. for someone to step yeah. on yeah. it. Yeah. Ace Ventura it. just came into the storage closet and <laughs> jumping all over that shit. <laughs> all right. <laughs> He's, jumping He's popping every bubble. All right. Let's oh, get man. into the top three. Um, Duncan, why don't you go first? All right. My number three is uh, people taking stands in this episode. And um, I thought a lot of people, you know, solidified their position in one way or another. I liked when Jamie stood up for Tyrion, um, when uh, Euron was making all the dwarf jokes. I liked how Jamie stood up for himself when Cersei was criticizing him and manipulating him and plotting behind his back. And he finally, you know, took a stand and, and went with it for something honorable. Yeah. Yeah. And Tyrion even kind of stood up for himself, I would say to Euron, which I liked, you know, he stood there and stared him down and he looked a little scared, but he wasn't going to back down. (laughs) He was the best part of that too is, um, when he's talking about how he screwed up the joke, yeah. he's like, never give, never explain the joke. It ruins it. <laughs> yeah. And that's the best way that Tyrion can fight someone like Euron is just make him look stupid. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, Euron yep. was not, he's, you know, he's been pretty rock star in a few of these last episodes. This one, you were just like, oh, okay. Tool, come yeah. on. Uncle Greyjoy is a, a tool. Stand down. Jamie yes. has his sword and Tyrion has his mind and a mind needs books like a sword needs a whetstone. what else Um, who else yeah so there's uh, brienne takes a stand fuck loyalty oh my god that was like the best ever that's the best thing for her to say because she's been all about loyalty every second of her life she's the the, the holder of oath keeper you know what i mean like like under loyalty in the dictionary it's brienne's picture absolutely (laughs) so like when she said that it really affected jamie like he was like fuck loyalty like Like, wait what what um, so many people. John took a stand and wouldn't wouldn't submit to Cersei. Um, he, you know, saying I already have uh, committed myself to Daenerys. Um, just everywhere, somebody's somebody's making mm-hmm. a stand for something. What do you guys think? You guys notice any any other examples of that in this episode? Well, there's um, both Sansa and Arya with Littlefinger. Yeah, absolutely taking a stand against him. Finally, yep. Yeah. There was the was uh, dragon. Taking a stand against the wall, I guess. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Fuck the night king. Because, you yeah. know, it's like we always kind of joke how, what have these white walkers been doing all this time? Like, how long does it take them to get here? But the fact is, they really didn't have anywhere to go because the wall is incredibly effective at keeping them out. Right. And yeah. now what we find out what they really needed was a dragon. And so it's sort of inadvertently Danny and John's fault. If Danny never would have come it over really is. or if John hadn't gone down there, they would have still been stuck behind that wall. Yeah. They're, yeah. Uh, they're just biding their time till they get a dragon. Basically <laughs> it seems like, you know, the, the Knights King, uh, Night King had, has seen Bran in the visions and they kind of connect so it seems to be some type of type of green seer or something himself. So he probably had visions of this occurring and he was just waiting for it to happen maybe. and building his army and building I mean, it. Maybe he had another plan, but this seemed like maybe. a really good plan or a really oh, yeah. good tactic anyway for them. 
Well, one more, one more stand was Theon taking a stand. Oh, yes. Finally, the oh, redemption, yeah. beginning of the redemption of Theon, which I thought was really cool. It took him, you know, he's he's been separated from his family for so long, meaning the Starks. What it took was him interacting with one of the people that he grew up with, that he loved so much and idolized, to set him to to you know kind of tell him what the situation was so he could find himself and come to peace with the fact that he's both Stark and a Greyjoy. And I thought that was really, um, really fulfilling moment when he sort of found himself and took a stand. And <laughs> so, There's, yeah, that was He cool. finally grew a pair. Yeah, yeah, I know. <laughs> you know, his character in general uh, has, as, as an actor, uh, it would just be, he's literally gotten to play like the full spectrum of characters. You know, he's been yes. the total really? douchebag yes. to pretty much evil, but then to like completely like, you know, trapped and, and tortured and then just a meek mere like speck of a human to I mean it's full circle. It's yeah. it's gotta be and a now lot of fun. Standing up for, for him. himself and showing courage. Yeah. And uh, the dude who's the guy? I don't know. I forgot. Don't ask me. <laughs> Duncan, do you know? Which which guy? The guy. Yeah, oh, Alfie the, Allen. The Alfie actors. Allen. He rose oh, to oh, the, the guy. Oh, Alfie Allen. Yeah. He, um, he did so Alfie. well with that. He totally yeah. because he like totally Alfie. played such a great douchebag and also uh, someone who's got post traumatic stress disorder basically and his world's yeah. been rocked and now I mean just that scene with John was was great. Well, and throughout yep. this whole thing, he's gotten to work with so many different uh, actors <laughs> on the show. Oh, yeah. He's yeah, been he's been everywhere. Around, mm. So it's kind of uh, his experience has got to be pretty freaking awesome. So I'm I'm definitely looking forward to seeing what happens. Me in- too. Mm-hmm. Oh, another person that took a stand this episode was Sandor taking a stand against the oh, mountain. his brother, yep. yeah. It was almost like that. a prelude to a stand. Yeah. It was yeah. a stand, but it, I mean, I, what I got from that is he was saying, I'm coming for you. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which now it might be the death of him, but right. I don't know. That also seems too cliche for him to die fighting his brother, but we'll see. I mean, yeah, Remember me? I, I would yeah, hope do. that at least they would die, both die. If, if, if Sandor has to die, then I hope Gregor also dies. Mm. Yeah, I think, oh, yeah, Sandor's definitely going to die. Um, I think that the barracks going to revive him, though. But yeah, it's a great quote. Mm. Remember me? Yeah, you do. You're even fucking uglier than I am now. What did they do to you? <laughs> Doesn't matter. It's not how it ends for you, brother. You know who's coming for you. You've always known. <laughs> yeah. It's like, yes. <laughs> Can't yeah, that wait. was yeah. that was awesome. But I mean, does his brother even, is his brother just like, ooh. I mean. <laughs> he must have seen Person. some sort of recognition in his eyes. <laughs> Um, yeah, I guess you're so. even fucking uglier than I am now. <laughs> he seems pretty. Um, Gregor seems pretty aware. He's that's true because he's on Cersei's. Yeah, he, like, yeah. She can yeah stare it's at him. And subtle like, cues. Although yeah, it did confuse. I know we're jumping all over people, but you're I know. Sorry, we're so excited. But um, <laughs> I, it did confuse me when uh, Cersei seemed to motion to Gregor go ahead and kill him and then he pulled his sword out and then Jamie just left. What happened? Right. I think he was waiting for further confirmation once Jamie challenged her. Okay. And she looked kind of confused or like unsure so he didn't finish the act. Right. Yeah, or maybe he can, he's so bound to her that he can 
I don't know. Maybe he knew that she wasn't since. Yeah. I don't know. That's probably because Jamie said, I don't believe you, which to me, I thought meant I don't believe you really mean it. And so maybe uh, Gregor didn't think he really meant it either. Right. That's what I thought, too. And man, that was the second time in the episode and the series as a whole that we've seen Cersei scared. Mm -hmm. When, when, When she realizes she chases after him for a second and stops before the map. And it takes a second to sink in, but when she realizes that she just lost her brother, you know, her beloved Jamie, she mm. starts to break. And you can see it in her in her face and her mouth like starts to hang open and in her eyes and she's scared. Like it's that was really she's a powerful pretty moment. Scared when that white was snapping at her face. <laughs> right. And that was the first time in the series we saw her scared. <laughs> Twice in one episode, man. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, that was amazing. And notice the other cool thing about that, the white snapping in her face and she gets all freaked out and leans back and then realizes that it's stuck on the chain. So she kind of leans forward a little bit and is looking. But as it was running towards her, nobody got up to save her. I know. Jamie (laughs) Jamie kind of stood up a little, but he didn't really. He looked scared too. I mean, it's a good thing. I I don't know if they measured out that chain, but it was just the right length. (laughs) Yeah, I know, right? What are the chances? (laughs) Wow. Yeah, because what if it just Crazy. ate her? They'd be like, oops, we, we oh, well, just tried to show her, but who's next in <laughs> line? <laughs> all right. <laughs> Let's just all fucking get along and go kill some zombies. Yeah. Sweet. That might have solved the problem right there. <laughs> Let's all bend the knee to each other. <laughs> yep. <laughs> okay. Is it, did you get to go, uh, Melissa? No. Okay, I, go. I, uh, okay. So um, I was just touching on the, the dragon. Um wouldn't they have maybe thought like, oh shit, there's a dead dragon surrounded by a bunch of white walkers? Because they they know that the white walkers, unless you burn the body, right? Right. That the dead can come back. I'm just it's seen surprised that bears, they didn't yeah. think like, oh fuck. Well, I mean, what it, oh, uh, what are they gonna do about that? Yeah, it was yeah, that's true. <laughs> we gotta go back. <laughs> yeah. <Kill> that dragon. <laughs> I mean, they haven't, we haven't heard Gendry anyone mention it. it, but that doesn't mean that they don't suspect. Yeah, I guess I guess you're right. Yeah, I just, uh, I, I know that's probably, since it's the finale of the show, I'm sure that's a big last thing to talk about. But that whole scene was pretty, um, pretty amazing. Yeah. Wow. Uh, pretty epic. Yeah, man, that scene was incredible. And as a zombie lover, I just loved it. Also, as someone who was just kind of hoping that that wall would fall down, the way the the blue flame was perfect, I thought, and like the Jesus gurgling the sound that it screeches, made, and even the holes in the wings. Yeah, he's and already got holes. I noticed immediately that the it was a different sound for the fire when the when the, the blue flames mm-hmm. shot out. That it was a totally different sound. It was almost than metallic. The, uh, it sounded like like right when it first blasted, it almost sounded like a like a ray gun, like from a sci-fi mm-hmm. movie, like, yeah. like yeah, crazy, more alien sounding than natural. It really was, yeah. And you guys, so you guys think that it is fire? It's blue fire. Yeah, I think no. so yeah, because it melted. Yeah, I mean, I guess it could just well, be some cracked. kind of energetic. Like I don't think it's right ice. Yeah, I don't right. think so. I think it's No, that would fire. just build the wall up. They'd be like, oh, man. <laughs> now the wall is thicker. <laughs> <laughs> that didn't work. Shit. <laughs> build us some more. steps. Yeah, Ice steps, steps or a bridge. Ice bridge over the wall. It's like the, the Wonder Great Twin Pyramid. They're going to build a seven-degree ramp 
that takes up twice as much mass as the wall itself to uh, yeah and then exactly. it was awesome when you see the what night king riding it it's like oh shit and yeah. is it just me or did that thing like is it bigger than it used to be the dragon yeah because the the night king mm. looked tiny on the back of it and and um damn the like all the holes in its wings like it hasn't been dead for that long he's right? only uh four foot tall actually we yeah. <laughs> he's usually standing far away so you can't tell <laughs> what's his name Vladimir or something he's a hobbit yeah. <laughs> but that's some backstory we don't have <laughs> right right that's the crossover Lord of the Rings crossover right. Amelia Clark's only five it was too, awesome so. to see the army of the dead just standing there waiting with their grim zombie faces mm-hmm. yep and right in the front row is the uh, guitarist from Mastodon again <laughs> oh really <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I saw that oh, online. That's awesome. awesome. Two cameos. Those guys are lucky, man. And then, uh, oh, are you serious? Did he really cameo that shit? You're yeah, joking, they were right? at, they were at the battle of uh, at um, Hard Home. They were all murdered in that battle what? as well. The whole band. And oh then, my uh, god, that's awesome. So they're playing the same characters. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, it seems so. Nice. Wow, cool. Huh. And then, we need to become musicians so that we can get on the show. I know. <laughs> yeah, there's so many takes. guest musicians. <laughs> yeah. And, and then uh, they all come pouring through. There's massive hundred thousand zombies. My God! Mm-hmm. And man, that dragon should be an architect because he blew that wall to bits, and the ground was perfectly flat. Yes. For that army. <laughs> yes. Wow. Uh, it, just the watching dragon. the wall come down. It's that's. I, I just keep thinking that bubble wrap. I mean, it's it's been there for thousands of years right. in continuity, but or I think right. But um, oh, it's Chekhov's wall, absolutely. But but for seven years for us. And so yep. it's just another sign of how much this show is coming to a close and things are changing and everything. Yeah. No. I think I've been predicting for two years that the wall would fall in the season seven finale specifically. Oh, really? It just makes sense narratively. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I just thought of it, um, I don't know, probably this season at some point, I was like having a realization, oh, there's probably going to be a zombie dragon and that wall's probably going to fall. Oh, hell Yeah. <laughs> Hell. Okay, yeah. my turn. So I just wanted to talk a little bit about my emotional journey through this episode because it kept having me thinking, it kept uh, having me thinking something and then just shifting under my feet, my expectations and, and perceptions. And I think for the most part, so that was cool. really surprising and awesome. Uh, first off, I was worried for Tyrion going into you know, oh, the lion's den, so to speak. And seeing, yeah, it wow, just felt so dangerous to see all these main characters who hate each other in the same spot. It was so tense. In fact, I've been able to kind of uh, look at the show it, somewhat removed. And, you know, I, 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 I don't want the characters to come to harm, but I'm also like, but it would be a great story dramatically. But during this scene, I'm like... Oh, I hope no one dies. Like, oh my God. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And then um, yeah. Cersei finally accepts the truce. And I believed it because at first I was like, you can't trust anything she says, but they did such a good job of having her when John admits that he uh, bent the knee to Dan- Daenerys, she, she storms off and then it took Tyrion to go talk to her, to bring her around and then she gave that declaration. All right, we'll all fight for you in the North. And I hope you remember I did this, but you probably won't. I, I kind of believed it for a second. And 
And, I did. I was really surprised. And I, I almost felt like, yeah, fuck yeah, Cersei. Like the music, the right music was playing and everything. I'm like triumphant music. Yeah. Right. And then I was like, well, the episode's only halfway over. So where is the drama going to come if everybody's... And then it cut right to Littlefinger. And I'm like, oh, okay, this he's the drama. He's the one that could fuck all this up now that everybody's on the same page. He's right. the one that's going to fuck it up. And then, you know... It, it, they just keep steering you in this direction that Sansa is about to kill Arya or send her away or something. And then they just turn it around and point the finger at that little finger. <laughs> I was totally duped by that. Too. Yeah. And I actually like, thought, I was like, Oh, come on. I was like, Sansa, you were just like getting like, I, I was actually, I didn't see that coming. Yeah, and it was a big save for Game of Thrones as well because if they actually went that way, it would have been a huge plot hole because all they have to do is talk to Bran and just talk yeah. a little bit. Right. And they all did talk, and that and and that's such a satisfying sequence of them just laying out all Littlefinger's lies and crimes, mm-hmm. uh, right? It, it, from over the season was from information from Sansa mostly and and Bran too, which is great. Um, I'm a little bit, you know, I, I don't, I, I think last episode when uh, Arya came in and acted like a little psycho, I feel like that's a little bit on the manipulative side to get us believing this, you know, so that then they could surprise us with Sansa and Arya. Because I didn't totally believe Arya would go that far off the deep end. Um, right. Yeah. But there's some interesting like theories about that that she was playing the game of faces like um like lying herself while she was giving that monologue like everything that she said uh, was twisted in some way to like kind of give Sansa a clue. That I mean her the dagger. Maybe you're right. I would love to see some evidence of that in the show. To me it felt like the writers were going, "Okay, well we need to make everyone believe that this is happening so we can surprise them with this." Oh yeah, I can see that too. <laughs> but <totally. laughs> I I just loved that scene with Littlefinger so much. Because it's so, I, he's the one character I've been wanting to really get what he deserves in this whole series. That I want to play the clip, and it's about three minutes. But I really want to, I All think right. you guys are going to enjoy it. So here it is. I'm a bit confused. Which charges confuse you? Let's start with the simplest one. You murdered our aunt, Lysa Aaron. You pushed her through the moon door and watched her fall. Do you deny it? I did it to protect you. You did it to take power in the veil. Earlier, you conspired to murder John Aaron. You gave Lysa tears of lease to poison him. Do you deny it? Whatever your aunt might have told you. She was a troubled woman. She imagined enemies everywhere. You had Aunt Lysa send a letter to our parents telling them it was the Lannisters who murdered John Arryn when really it was you. The conflict between the Starks and the Lannisters, it was you who started it. Do you deny it? I know of no such letter. You conspired with <laughs> Cersei Lannister and Joffrey Baratheon to betray our father, Ned Stark. Thanks to your treachery, he was imprisoned and later executed on false charges of treason. Do you deny it? I deny it. <laughs> None of you were there to see what happened. None of you, you knows, knows the, the truth. truth. You held a knife to his throat. You said I did warn you not to trust me. You told our mother this knife belonged to Tyrion Lannister. But that was another one of your lies. It was yours. Thank you, Sansa. I have known you since you were a girl. I've protected you. Protected me? By selling me to the Boltons? Ugh. If we could speak alone, I can explain everything. Sometimes when I'm trying to understand a person's motives, I play a little game. (laughs) I seem the worst. 
What's the worst reason you have for turning me against my sister? That's what you do, isn't it? That's what you've always done. Turn family against family, turn sister against sister. That's what you did to our mother and Aunt Lysa, and that's what you tried to do to us. Sansa, please. I'm a slow learner. It's true. <laughs> but I learn. Give me a chance to defend myself. I deserve that. I am Lord Protector of the Vale, and I command you to escort me safely back to the Eyrie. I think not. <laughs> Sansa, I beg you. I loved your mother since the time I was a boy. And yet you betrayed her. I loved you. More than anyone. And yet you betrayed me. When you brought me back to Winterfell, you told me there's no justice in the world, not unless we make it. Thank you for all your many lessons, Lord Baelish. I will never forget them. Oh boy. Yeah. <laughs> I. Oh man, that was awesome. <laughs> he did such so a good cool. job, Aiden. Uh... Aiden Gillen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. good. I, I, it was well, so good to see him just break down, crying and begging. I wonder. I was wondering if those were real tears or crocodile tears, because he sort of like he was like, you know, um, I loved your mother since the time I was a boy. You know, I loved you more than anyone. And his voice kind of cracks, and she's like, and yet you betrayed me. And then the camera looks back at his face, and he sort of looks more collected, like, oh fuck, that didn't work. <laughs> um, I think it's a bo- it's both. I think he really did have a twisted love for both of them, Sansa and oh, yeah. Catelyn. Oh, definitely. And, and no I question think, about think that. he realized he was out of options and he's fucked. So he's, I don't think it was completely devoid of emotion, but it could have been, right? Because he's a sociopath. Right. I think mm-hmm. it was a mixture of him feeling bad for himself, but then right. him trying to manipulate her with, with using that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like, and the other really cool thing I liked about this, this part here is that, you know, we had the clue. Earlier in the season, Baelish had the clue when Bran said to him, chaos is a ladder, yeah. you know, and he was like, what the fuck? <laughs> then this time, you know, the, the charges that she lists, that Sansa lists, she says, one, you murdered my aunt. You pushed her through the moon door. Do you she knew it? about and that. She knew yeah. about that one. There's no question. Number two, used tears of, you gave Lice a tears of, li- of lice, of lice to, uh, <laughs> to poison John Aaron. And he's like, uh, you can see him looking a little confused because... They, Eliza had mentioned this right before he pushed her through the moon door, but she didn't say the specific poison. She was just kind of like, you gave me the drops and I put yeah. them in John Aaron's drink. I love you. I'd do anything. For you. <laughs> you know, so he was like, kind of like, OK, well, anything your aunt t- may have told you, you know, she was kind of paranoid and delusional. And then he meant she mentions the letter and he's like, no fucking way they know about this yeah. letter. Like, you know, um, Catelyn had gotten it, read it aloud to Ned and then destroyed it immediately. So that's not something they would have talked with their kids about. And so there's no way they knew that. And then, you know, when he, she accuses him of betraying Ned and he's like, I deny it. None of you were there to see what happened. None of you knows the truth. And Bran's like, you held a knife to his throat. And he turns around like, what the fuck? Yeah, yeah. How does Bran know this? You said, I did warn you not to trust me. Exact quote. And he's like, fuck. That's my favorite like, part fucked. of the whole scene is Bran and... Bran, I, I, I just, he just, I already loved him, but I think he just became my favorite character. I, I don't know why for sure. I guess. Branded? I just, <laughs> I hate when um, people bullshit and I want to get to the oh, truth. Yeah. That's one reason why I like podcasting. You get to the truth of, of the matter with something. And sometimes there isn't an objective truth, but still Bran cuts through all that. And 
I love Definitely. him for it. Even though he's I, kind of spacey right now, I, I still yeah, yeah. I just love love what. And also because uh, you know when we first met him, he was an explorer and he he ran all around the castle and climbed walls. And now he can explore anywhere he wants. He can go anywhere in the world. Oh past wow, the that's future. such a great parallel. <laughs> so that's so I, cool, man. Just love that. Wow. Yeah, I yeah, was kind of waiting amazing. too because me and my friend Jenny, who I always watch this show with, she should be on our podcast. Um, yeah, she should. We yeah. were, yeah, she should. Totally. We were like, "Come on, Brant! Like, where the I, I'm really dropping the f bombs tonight because this show just brought it out of me." But it's we're like, "Where the podcast. fuck is Brant? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like when is Brant gonna fucking speak up?" And then at that, and that there was, you know, that scene. There was well, and then there's another. Yeah, yeah, the Brant. There was yeah. some good Brant. Yeah, this. we'll get to that. I loved the transition from like from knowledge and accusations that they can immediately back up that Baelish is aware that they know about to like the the transition to the obscure yeah. where he's like, "There's no way they know this," and, but then they know it. You and, know? and it was also uh, from recent to longer ago, and yeah. the, the, yeah. the that final one is the one that I've always felt. Oh yeah, this is his ultimate betrayal. He's the one basically that got Ned Stark's head chopped yeah. off in season right. one. I still miss and Ned it, to this yeah. day. Yeah, oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And just the whole public element of it that he's publicly being exposed for all the bullshit that he's pulled over so much time. Mm-hmm. Perfect the way for him to die that, is to absolutely. have this all spelled out and then just have his throat slit immediately. After. Although yep. now this sounds crazy, <laughs> you guys. But I'm gonna kind of miss him. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, me too. I love him. <laughs> and I and I feel and I, like, I do oh, feel shit, like really? I wanted you know? him to be a little more successful before he died. Right. But I, yeah. It was still also yeah. extremely satisfying. But we were saying great something. Death, great scene. Oh yeah. I just uh, you know I like you were saying. I wish he was sort of more of an end game player. Like he yeah. you know he was more successful. That he could have been used this season even a little a little better mm-hmm. and more po- potently. Yeah. But um. Yeah, I just love the whole public exposure element of it that he's just exposed for everybody as the scummy is. Oh, but the other thing I was going to say that I remember now is that they didn't mention his role in the plot to kill Joffrey, interestingly. I mean, it's a oh, different yeah. kingship and whatnot. Uh, yeah, they don't that would have been a good thing. They're to like, explore. well, you yeah, did like, one good thing. Yeah, we but, uh... forgive you for one thing before we slit your throat. Otherwise, <laughs> <laughs> everything else was really bad. Yeah, totally. You know, just as far as emotional journey goes, so then I'm like, okay, so Littlefinger's going to be the agent of chaos in this episode. Nope, turns out that this is his end. More resolution. It it was Cersei betraying them. And I'm like, oh, I should have known. And it's perfect. Like, I I was happy to see that. And I think she actually kind of has a point. Like, well, let them deal with it. And it's, you know, what does she have to gain? I mean, she you know if she was heroic she'd be like well maybe my forces will be what makes the difference but um she's being pragmatic and devious like she that's her so oh yeah that's totally her be more interesting to see what happens next season with that added wrinkle i liked how the uh the foreshadowing of that too as well with Tyrion saying you could you know you ever think about learning to lie just a little bit to john and then having the yeah. big lie, the big lie with Cersei, yeah. where she, you know, there is a lie, and, and it sort of foreshadowed it. And then I looked back, and I'm like, well, I think maybe Cersei wanted um, Tyrion to know that she was pregnant. She was totally telegraphing it so that oh, he yeah. he would believe that she was on board. So that makes me doubt whether she actually is pregnant again. I thought for a second oh, she really? was, but... Yeah. Right, good point, yeah, because she, you know, obviously that didn't drink the wine. She's, like, caressing her belly. Yeah, like, yeah. She want, definitely wants people to think she's pregnant. 
She's right. got no one. It's funny. She's like, oh, I'm doing this to protect my family. And you're like, there's no one fucking left. You're right. a lone <laughs> bitch. Everybody hates you. They're only doing things because they're scared of you. Jamie's like, Freaked I don't know. Out. She keeps, yeah, Horrified. I'm like. I mean, Both of her is... brothers told her to kill them in one episode. <laughs> yes, just kill me. I know. And I'm like, oh, my God. Between her and the goddamn mountain, I'm like, all right, enough is enough. Like, <laughs> I'm so, I was intrigued by Cersei and, and well, anyways, it's another topic. No, you yeah, can talk can... about it. What, what do you mean? <laughs> oh, well, like... I'm just, just like, I mean, I've always been, uh, I don't, I've never loved her or liked her. And I've been kind of like, ooh, I can't wait to see how this bitch is going to go down. But this episode was just like, oh, my God. God, like it's just like she has reached like just the worst, just the uh, yeah, just the worst of the. And she's like all alone now. She's just like you know, I'm not gonna go fight for them. You know, she's being, and you're like, do you not see the big picture? Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, like, you know, she's hitting new lows when Jamie leaves. Yes, which was amazing. <laughs> the fact that Jamie yeah. walked off into the. I mean, I I thank the Lord that that. Did you guys happened. think he was gonna die there? I Eight did. For because Littlefinger like died, it made me believe Jamie might be next. And I thought because she didn't kill Tyrion that she was going to snap and kill Jamie. Mm-hmm. Right. I, I legit, I was coming I was to nervous. terms with Jamie's death there. I was like, wow, this Thank is you. how Jamie Lannister dies. Like, yeah, wow. I, I was too. And then, but, and then when it didn't happen, it was a little bit like, okay, they both got away. Yeah. Which is good because we want them in the next season. We do. I mean, part of me, I'm like, uh, you know, one of the reasons why I fell for Game of Thrones, even though it was bittersweet, is that it was such a mean show. They killed off Ned. They killed off Rob, who we both thought were the main characters. They killed Drogo and Danny's baby, Catelyn. They burned Shireen. They showed all these rapes, which is horrible. Um, Theon being tortured for a whole season. Heads being popped. Uh, if this right. episode was in like one of the first five seasons, I feel like Theon would have been beaten up by that other guy and humiliated. And right. when Tyrion told Cersei to go ahead and kill him, she would have done it. Yeah. And also that, you know, Sansa would have actually uh, excommunicated her or, or killed her. Yeah. If it was one of those first four or five seasons, I feel like at least one or two of those things would happen. And that's been like yeah. one of my minor criticisms about the show. At least last week, I felt like after Eastwatch, I was like, oh, everybody feels like a little bit too safe at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, but I know that they're just, you know, giving us, throwing us a little bone right now so they can fucking kill us emotionally mm-hmm. next you think season. So? Yeah. Everybody. I don't know. I sort of think that they. You know, they feel like, well, we're done with that part now. It's time for the show to become more satisfying and emotionally and heroic. I mean, I know that there will be deaths, but I, I oh, doubt yeah. they'll devastate us like they did in the earlier seasons. Ugh. I, I wonder. I I'm, I'm expecting devastation. You, yeah, sorry, I am Millie, too. What are you wondering about? Well, no, I just, I, I'm with you. I, I, I think that, I think next season we're going to lose people who we've, who we really hate, and we're like, yeah, and then we're also gonna have the oh no, you know, yeah, we're I'm, gonna they're gonna finally bring back Ghost, and they're gonna kill him um, <laughs> slowly God over the it. course of <laughs> six episodes. <laughs> yeah, I mean, John's story apparently mirrors the uh, the myth of Mithra, um, the the god Mithra who had a white bull and was forced to sacrifice his white bull or something like that. Um, so it doesn't doesn't play out well, yeah, you know, theoretically for Ghost. They'll bring back hot hot pie or whatever his name yeah. is. They'll just Poke kill him for no out. good reason. Hot yeah. pie. <laughs> He's like, would you like a pie? And they're like, yeah, just kill him. We're going to fuck us up. I hate pie. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's, um, move, let's get moving. What's your number two, Duncan? 
my number two is Death of Littlefinger, which we covered um, pretty well right there. So you go ahead. Good one. Or whoever's uh, next, Melly. Yeah. Oh, oh. Um, I'm going to go with in that scene. It's funny. This is totally like just cheesy and, and this is like not deep at all. But uh, when Tyrion is in there with Cer- Cersei in the, in the lion's den, if you will, and he, you know, he gives his speech and then he walks over to the wine and he starts chugging the wine. I was like, oh, my God, that's totally how I drink wine while watching Game of Thrones. <laughs> <laughs> he gave some to yeah, just her. So that was fucking nice. Out. That I'm was like, a oh, meta I moment for the, the fans. Um, yes, and he did. No, that whole, that whole, I mean, even though it was like, a, you know, that, that whole scene was very, uh, but that was just like a little, I just, I thought it was funny because when I saw that, there were a lot of those moments in this particular finale where um, I noticed just little things like that that were amusing amidst all this like crazy darkness. Mm -hmm. And this whole season's been filled with moments like that, which are great, you know, a little like either knowing winks to the audience or a little bit of lightness and funniness and stuff. Right. Yeah. Yeah, And and the Brienne, yeah. I mean, you know, you already mentioned that, but Brienne finally just being, Oh fuck loyalty, you know, just like, and I was like, thank fucking God. Like, or when T- like, Tyrion said to John, and when he was like justifying being honorable and telling the truth about his allegiances, Tyrion's like, "That is indeed a problem. The more immediate problem is that we're fucked." Right. <laughs> yeah. Well, and there was the moment also with Samwell, you know, like asking Bran, like, "Oh, you know, what happened to you on the and you know on the yeah. other side of the?" And he's like, "I became the three-eyed raven <laughs> on this like <laughs> crazy." Oh. He's like, "Oh, oh, you know," and like. Uh, just his I reaction alone. I don't know I what just, that means. I know. He kind of smiled and he too. Goes, like, yeah, he goes, <laughs> John and Danny are coming from uh, from King's Landing with the dragon. Oh, you saw that in a vision? And then he just like shows the piece of paper Holds that it's written down on. Right, yeah. So there, <laughs> there were still hilarious. a few of those moments in there. And, and Samwell, oh my God, I just... I just want to put him in my pocket and carry him around with me. <laughs> I, I love his character. His character uh, is... It's... It's kind of like a a nice breath of fresh air amidst, you know, so much heaviness. So, yeah, there were just some scenes in there that I, I did find moments to, like, kind of... Oh, yeah, because it was pretty harsh. I mean, when the show ended, it was like, oh, God. Oh, yeah. There's a lot I, to take in. I think Sam's going to live, I predict, because Forever. it would just be really stupid to kill him off. Like, why why would the show do that? I would maybe want to turn off my tea. I w- that would yeah. be like a oh, I mean, it would have to be some kind of like amazing, glorious way for him to die. But maybe I, then, yeah, I'd maybe be pissed. Then. I guess I could see that. Yeah, I'd be pissed. The dialogue in this episode. <laughs> he's gonna be is so the. Good, he's gonna be the one that you know writes the writes the story. You know, he's gonna be the one. Yeah, that, some like, people may think so. Narrates <laughs> and and tells the legend of he and Bran his together. Time. Yes, and the three eyed the three eyed raven. Can right? fill in all the blanks. Well, my number two is balls, or the lack thereof. (laughs) Because there's a lot with characters not being able to have children or or sexual desire. And it was funny because the very first scene is all the unsullied information. And I was thinking to myself, watching that, wow, you'd think they'd be fighting for the promise of something not just their loyalty to the queen, but what is she promising them? And just as I was saying, thinking that Bronn saying he wouldn't fight if he didn't have a cock. <laughs> there was a lot of cock talk. Yeah. And your brother's chosen to side with the cockless. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> yeah. 
And and I'm like, it's, it's interesting to think how your perspective would change if you had no sexual desire. Then suddenly, you know, there would be other things because sexual desire, whether we know it or not, really motivates a lot of what people do. You know, yeah. why they exercise and make themselves look good and dress nice and all of this. And if you don't have that, then in, there's other things. I mean, I, that's you know, you could have long in depth discussions about that, but it's just something oh, yeah. to think about. Like with Theon, you know, he doesn't have his parts anymore either and, and t- today his weakness was turned into his strength yeah, that's a superpower <laughs> <laughs> but now he's you know what's motivating him is just being honorable uh having integrity and helping his his sister and so good to see that that scene was like he reminded me of rocky balboa just like he's like a piece of iron that's what drago said and just right. took such a beating um, and then yeah, like uh, there's also and, uh, this is sort of related, but that Danny thinks she can't procreate, and right. so how that affects her. She still has sexual desire, but um, she places so much more importance on the dragons as being her children. I think in part because she thinks she can't have regular children. And then at one point she said, "A dragon is not a slave," and uh, I think that helps explain why she it was so important for her to free slaves i didn't make that connection before but there was the whole thing about how the dragons when they were in that dragon pit which is where they had the meeting at the beginning of this episode it used to be a dome and the targaryens kept their dragons there but they shrunk down to the size of dogs because it just wasn't you know they felt like they were in captive and they couldn't thrive there it wasn't necessarily like they shrunk but every generation got smaller yeah, like yeah they didn't yeah, grow yeah. as big yeah, yeah, yeah. You, yeah. So, Just to clarify for the listeners, I yeah, know you understand it. Uh, I'm, I don't know if I had that clarified myself, but it makes sense. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, so thank you. Um, welcome. But I don't know. I just thought it was uh, pretty cool to look at all the different ways that um, these people who don't can't procreate, how it affects their, their lives and their perspectives and things like that. There was a few different um, echoes of that in this episode. All sorts of hints for, you know, Danny being able to procreate as well. Like uh, that, that part where she says, I can't have children. And John says, who told you that? And she says, the witch who murdered my husband. It's like, right. has it occurred Sabotage. to you that she might not be the, a, rel- a reliable source of information? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I think Danny's pregnant now. Yeah. With, yep. You mean before having the sex with the Johns? Or... No, usually it it's after the sex. <laughs> well, she Immaculate had the sex with that other guy. You know, the one I can't remember the fucking uh, name. The Dario. one that's back. No, no, Thank no. you. No, no, I meant after. I think now she's she's pregnant with John's <laughs> baby. Well, okay, so here's so. here's a couple of funny things. Me and my friend kept joking that when is John Snow going to bend the wiener? <laughs> <laughs> Bend your oh, wiener. Um, but uh, Tyrion was out in the hallway and he looked kind of bummed. What do you guys yeah. think that was all about? Is he bummed or was he just like, this is a mistake? Good question. There's all kinds of theories going around that he's conspiring with Cersei. and, and oh, I don't no. think that's true. There's no way that he's doing that. I think that A, he's attracted to Daenerys himself. And so he's a little bummed out. But I think that he also is worried that um, you know, love coming into play at this time could affect their level-headed strategic minds mm, the way it yeah. did with Rob Stark. I mean, look at this episode. We see 
something we already kind of knew, but we just see it laid out that uh, Rhaegar and Lyanna, Rhaegar Targaryen and Lyanna Stark, were in love with each other. And Mm -hmm. that was, you know, the union that brought Jon into the world, but it also was the union that brought forth Robert's Rebellion and got a shitload of people killed and just caused so much war, including both of them. Uh, Great point. Yeah, so, I mean, and that's the backdrop with which all this is happening when we're having the revelation of of John's parentage, and then you see John, it's a little weird because it's like reminding you that he's with his aunt right now. Um, But, but, you know, I think that was part, maybe, I don't know either, but I think maybe that was part of, yeah, like Tyrion knows that this could actually complicate things and i felt the same way i'm like oh man i've been wanting to see them together for a long time but now i'm realizing that it's happening that oh it's probably going to end in some kind of tragedy yeah Yeah. and even john said like there's no time for it a couple episodes ago you know Mm -hmm. um i love though when he showed up at the door and there's a little pause yeah that was another person taking a stand he's like i'm taking it (laughs) but but there was a pause there and i'm like yeah i know that pause (laughs) <laughs> you're like okay am i gonna is it, am i gonna do it i'm gonna do yeah, it yeah <laughs> yeah this is it if i go in the room this is happening yeah exactly <laughs> yep but uh what I do you guys think of that too. scene since we're talking about it uh well ass i'll just <laughs> let, me, let me speak <laughs> for the ladies and a person who appreciates a good ass any lover of Jon snow um he he's got a good butt my theory is that Kit Harrington, that um, George Martin told him about this early on, and he's been working he's on been his <laughs> glutes for seven years. He's been doing squats. <laughs> he does like 2,000 squats a day. <laughs> <laughs> you see him walking down the streets of London, and he's just lunging. <laughs> he's got like, to give me six million. Snow. <laughs> I mean, it was a nice butt. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and back, I mean, too. And back. Yeah. I and didn't even see it. I was just trying to get a glimpse of her. <laughs> no, she's not into that anymore, I guess. I know, she's, I know. Yeah, I was like, which like, parts no, of her are real? Which parts of her are not? You saw some, though. Yes. That's the thing, though. I wonder, I'm wondering if that was a double like Cersei had in her shame walk. Um, <laughs> I don't uh, think so. No. Because she does, well, she does Danny... have a, a body double. I've, I've looked that up online randomly enough. Well, Amelia Clark said she was done with that. But then, uh, was it last season when she was in the the um, Dothraki widows conclave or whatever? Mm, the fire. Dosh and she came out. That was her. Mm-hmm. She she decided yeah. this scene is oh really makes enough sense that I'm going to go ahead and do this again. Yeah. Yeah. Wow, Duncan's like rewinding it. <laughs> Wait, what uh, scene was hey, that? How'd you know that? <laughs> <laughs> so I, I think away. this was her too. <laughs> Yeah, no, it was, uh, I mean, I wasn't shocked. You could feel the tension. They really built the tension in the last two episodes. You're like, oh, yeah, this is yeah. definitely going to happen. Oh, yeah, he's, that thing's not bending anytime. <laughs> bend, bend the wiener. <laughs> well, you know, angle the wiener. I don't know. Never mind. We're, this is a, we're getting dirty. <laughs> we are getting dirty. Where were we here? That was uh, my number two. So, uh, Duncan, what's your number one? Uh, my number one is the Sam Brand duo and ensuing revelation or revelations. I think that you know Sam is like one of the smartest, most read dudes in the uh, in the books or in the, I mean in the in the story. Um, Brand is like the all knowing you know Brand guy now, and the the combination of having them both together um, is just 
astronomically powerful mm-hmm. potentially. And I like um, that Brand didn't know everything that it took Sam to help him put it all together. Right. And that could be hinting at the power of their teamwork in the future. Mm-hmm. But it was great. It's like, oh, did the, the Three-Eyed Raven just get fact-checked by Sam Tarly? <laughs> I, I was kind of like, how did he not? And then he was like, he's like, can you see that? And then he like went into it. And he's, he's like, like, oh, yes, yeah, I can. I can. Yeah. Yeah, like the power that they can both, like Sam has read so much that he'll be able to direct Bran's vision and tell him, oh, look here, look here, find this out. Because I know something about this that could be useful. Explore around there a little bit. Just the the potential uh, that these two could have together um, is just fascinating to me. I really like. I'm excited. Was excited to see them come together and see something great already happen as a result. Um, just imagine what could be possible with the two of them. Yeah, I, I, I like that, that duo. Me too. And Sam was just so funny. Like he walks into the room and says, uh, "You know, how like what did he say?" Um, Oh, I didn't think you'd remember me. And he's like, I remember everything now. And he just kind of like, <laughs> like smiles, you know, that's, that's cool. <laughs> yeah, he's like very accepting. Said, like, yeah, yeah. And he was okay. just kind of playing it off like, okay, Bran, you know, that's kind of weird. And then, um, you know, he's like, what happened to you beyond the wall? And he's like, I became the three-eyed raven. And he's like, oh, I, I don't oh. know what that means. You know, <laughs> like, what the fuck? But he's super accepting. He's, he's not like, you know, what the fuck are you talking about? He's just like, oh, sweet. All right. He's well, like, what does he's that like, do? <laughs> yeah, people want he, he wants people to believe him when he talks about White Walkers, so he's not going to just brush everything off immediately as well. But yeah, um, yeah just this combo, this combo. I never expected it before for them to be yeah. hanging out and sharing info and like coming up with these massive revelations. And uh, like I said, you know, I just think the possibilities are endless with these two. They it could be they could be the the, the tide turn. It's just these two people getting together, and um, there's people speculating about. Sam being the character that writes A Song of Ice and Fire, the books, and I think it was foreshadowed by him telling Maester, um, Archmaester Ebros, like, well, you know, the title's kind of dry. Maybe come up with something more poetic for the chronicle of the stories of the wars following the Robert's yeah. Rebellion, you know. Like whatever. A Song so, of um, Ice and Fire. Yeah, that's a very poetic title, mm-hmm. um, you know. So people have been speculating that it would be Sam that writes it. And I've been poo-pooing the idea because all the chapters of the book are written from characters points of view and so there's a lot of information so that only those specific characters brand start right exactly <laughs> with the help yeah. of brand they could get in people's heads potentially since the three-eyed raven can visit people in dreams and whatnot they might be able to learn this info that these characters could only know themselves and being such a fascinating story about something so important as the the war and the power struggle that divided the kingdoms at the time when they most needed to be connected when this threat of the death from the north is is in, in, um, encroaching and, and proceeding towards them, it makes sense that these two together would have the capacity to potentially write the the books, A Song of Ice and Fire. Although I'm not 100% on it, and I hope it's not the case, honestly. But I, I <laughs> wish I had that power, because I feel like I'm doing that already with my iPad all day, just surfing the net, that you could kind of expand that into going into people's consciousnesses and stuff that's the future well if i ever get a glass (laughs) candle i'll I'll send it your way so you can try i thought it was um notable that bran knows the wall has fallen because that scene opened with him warging into i think the crows yep absolutely yeah Yeah. very very interesting he can warn everybody run Well, and I can just kind of touch for my uh, number you one, know, my number one, uh, that scene, and with him, 
you know, telling Samwell who Jon Snow really is and them figuring it out. Like, I just, what's going to happen when that's found mm-hmm. out, especially between Jon and Daenerys? And I mean, it was particularly pointed that uh, Bran said he's the true heir. Right. Right. Like, oh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And what does that mean? Like, does that mean that he has some type of negative feelings about Daenerys? Um, Who? I mean, Bran? If, he, if it Bran, then no, like, I think really it means that, that it, it's uh, the male. He's the rightful. By tradition, would be the rightful heir, right? Right. Oh, yeah. Definitely. At its surface, absolutely. Yeah. I don't um, think. I was wondering. I mean, my feeling is Bran is kind of beyond that kind of thing now. He's more like Spock. Yeah, he's totally like, yeah, he, Spock. You, yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he's not like driven by... He's not emotional he's about He's emotions, yeah. Yeah. If he busts out the Vulcan death grip, I'm going to be like, wow, they were right. <laughs> <laughs> he might. Um, yeah, I, I wonder. That's that's one of the things. I mean, I guess with me, I just I'm just pondering next season. I, yeah. I, a couple of the dire wolves going to return. Um and what's going to happen when Jon Snow... It can't be that I would think that Jon and Daenerys will become king and queen together and raise their happy children. I just don't think right. that's going to happen. Right. I want I it to I at this point, but... <laughs> but do you think she's so power hungry? Because she's kind of also displayed some times and yeah. moments in this last season of being a little more obsessive about power. Um, yes. And killing true. quick to kill. And i loved it that Cersei pointed that out to, to Tyrion and he kind of <clears throat> backpedaled a little bit. Well, she knows. And that's why she has me there. I mean, right. it's kind of yes. true, um, but it also makes you think. <laughs> yeah. John has no interest in ruling either though. You that's know, true. Like, yeah. That's I what I was thinking. Like to be king. he already, like he <laughs> could abdicate just the same way Bran abdicated being Lord of Winterfell. I could see John, Saying no, you take it. It's fine. He he you, yeah, he would, already respects her. That would make an interesting parallel to um, a character that was mentioned briefly in the series before um, when Stannis visited the Wall. You know, they said it, he was the first king to visit the Wall since um, Jaehaerys the first, the conciliator who came up there at one point, and um, his his wife Queen Alysanne had come as well, and they ended up having a like a quarrel in their marriage because Jaehaerys ended up wanting to bypass their granddaughter Rhaenys in the line of succession and pass the the crown to their other son Baylor or Balon who was um you know further down in the line their eldest son was dead and it should have gone to their granddaughter and Alysanne was really super pissed about that so in that case it was a female being bypassed for a male and last week we saw Danny standing on top of the wall which sort of send images of Queen Alysanne into, into my mind. And it, if uh, if John is bypassed in the line of succession, the grandson of the previous king and the, and you know, the mad king, and the, the crown moves to Danny, his eldest surviving daughter, then it would be like a complete reversal of what happened with Alysanne and her son and granddaughter. And it would be kind of a poetic um, little, little cool thing to happen. <clears throat> I'm, I mean, my, I speculate that if it, if they had, if John found this out right now, he might say, no, I don't want to be the king. You be the queen, but something will happen where he'll start looking at her differently and, and it'll motivate him to think that people would be better off if he was king. That's my wild guess. 
And having grown up a bastard and never felt like he was entitled to anything, learning the truth maybe could spark something in his mind would be like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm going to take it. You know, it's mine. Right. I hope he stays. Because, um, I, I, you know, when he told the truth uh, about having bent the knee to her, I was kind of the same. Like, oh, did you have to say that? But as the episode went on, I'm just like, oh, man, it was good he did that. I mean, I hope it doesn't turn out to bite him in the ass. We still don't really know. Like, I thought it was good too. Maybe if um, he had capitulated to Cersei and lied, that she would have genuinely helped because she would have felt less threatened. But I doubt it. <laughs> yeah. Um, going back to the idea of them all ending up ruling together as a happy family and whatnot, I don't foresee necessarily too many issues um, coming from the fact that he's the heir because based on how he has shown no interest in ruling and he's been, you know, elevated against his, you know, not against his will, but without his um, want to Lord Commander position and then to King in the North, I feel like there won't be too much of a conflict between John and Daenerys. But before it can really come to a head, I feel like the the Jamie scene where he, he tried to kill Daenerys was foreshadowing John in a Hail Mary attempt trying to kill the knights the Night King and killing him to end the war, but dying in the process. And that will create the bittersweet ending that he's fallen in love with Daenerys and they've, she's pregnant and they finally both are getting what they've always wanted. You know, the, the King and queenship, the, uh, the love that they've desired. John is no longer a bastard, but his death and the sacrifice of, of his life and everything that he's ever wanted to end the, the war will be like the, what will make the ending bittersweet in my, uh, my prediction oh i don't I think like so that. because i think i mean I, th- I could see that happening but i feel like the show runners of the show have shown they can't uh pass up the opportunity for conflict conflict yeah, yeah. and even with this sort of fake conflict between Arya and sansa i just feel like they've been telegraphing that there's gonna this is gonna be an issue between danny and john but we'll see well yeah some of the news i have may foreshadow some of those oh interesting Okay, so mine is, I feel like um, more than usual, this episode, the specter of Ned Stark and the honor of Ned Stark was brought up. Yes. Like uh, when John told Cersei he'd already pledged himself to Danny, it, it, just before that, Cersei said, I know Ned Stark will be true to his word. And Ned Stark's son. Uh, yeah. Ned Stark's son. Yeah, yeah, sorry. And that, that I think, was put there to remind us, because when we think of Ned Stark being honest, we think of him dying because of it <laughs> and being too honest to a fault, you know? And so it's a little bit like, oh, uh, he was honorable, but should you do that? And then I love that John even acknowledged that later on. I know you guys all think that because yeah. like my father and that was what did him in or whatever. Um, but like I said, I ended up feeling like that was good and I respect John so much and I hope it works out for him. Me too. I thought, oh man, I thought it would have been so funny. John doesn't know he's not Ned's kid yet, but if that, that moment he was like, well, I'm not Ned Stark's son, Dracarys, <laughs> you know, <laughs> the whole right. gets lit up. Things are different <laughs> now. But it's, that's interesting because then, you know, with the scene with Theon and he told Theon, you know, hey, you're Stark and a Greyjoy, and Ned, oh, beautiful. Ned is a part of you, and that helps push Theon to feel like he had the inner resources to do the right thing. And I think, oh, that's equally yeah. applicable 
to John, you know, even though he's not his son, he's, Ned is such a huge part of him. So hopefully yeah, it was funny. he wouldn't lose that. It's like, you don't have to choose. You're a Greyjoy and you're a Stark. And with John, it's like, he's, he's a Targaryen and a Stark, you know, yeah, same I can't position. Wait for that you know? reaction. I know. I can't yeah. wait. I'm hoping it doesn't like drag out. And I don't know. I mean, I'd it, be happy on the first episode. I've, it, yeah. I meant to go into this podcast just referring to him as Aegon the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> I've screwed up. Uh, the last one is just when Arya said she missed her dad. And I, I, I love that because we need some human moments from Arya now. And yeah. that was one of them. And oh, that was such a great quote, too. You, you remember the quote we go that ahead. They, they brought up? Um, it was, let's see. In the in the winter, we must protect ourselves, look after one another. And she says, Father... Um, and, and continues the quote: "When the snows fall and the, and the white winds blow, the lone wolf survives, or the the lone wolf dies, but the pack survives." Yeah, if it said the lone wolf survives, but the pack dies, it wouldn't yeah, the, have the, quite the same. <laughs> <laughs> I, wrote, I I I typed it wrong, so I was <laughs> reading was it. Was yeah, that was so nice. And then I loved also that Sansa said, you know, said you're the strongest person I know, and she's like, "That's the nicest that, thing you've ever said to me." Well, that might be the nicest thing you've ever said to me. Yeah, and then she's yeah. like, "Well, you're still very strange and annoying," uh, which I think she's <laughs> always Sisters. felt about Arya, but maybe a little more so Definitely. now. Oh, yeah. She's a faceless man. Do you even know what that means, Peter? <laughs> <laughs> so do you think they're going to use, Arya's going to use Peter's face? I don't think so. Oh, that'd be so cool if he did, If she did, though. I think there's too little time in the series to really... Maybe that. Yeah. Who would Who would she even use it on? Who would be Cersei, the target? Cersei, I guess. That? I don't know. Yeah, maybe Cersei. Just to get close to her? Yeah. I don't know. Fucking Cersei. Yeah. I literally wrote in my color. notes like <laughs> fucking Cersei. I like that she said the monsters are real, the White Walkers, the dragons, the Dothraki screamers. It's like she just puts all those together into one bucket. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, right. The, like yeah, the uh, the foreign scum uh right. There's another great quote with uh, when Tyrion and 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 um Sandor are talking and Sandor says oh it seems like there's a Lannister cunt behind every plot and Tyrion says but and a Clegane Clegane cunt to help carry it out (laughs) that's great he's like and that that was another funny moment that was yeah yeah and he's basically like am I gonna die here (laughs) he said that right I left Uh, the shit city so I wouldn't die in it am I gonna die in this shit city and then they made him lug that the the White Walker in there by himself. I'm like, well, that's dramatic. Nobody even helped him put it down. Oh, <laughs> he's like, I like when he just tapped on the knees, box but... while it was still in storage. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah, that was oh, great. Yeah. yeah, and he is scared of those things, man. Like he's yeah. not like super. It looked great. <laughs> it was like a this. um, like a Sam Raimi Evil Dead kind of moment. When oh, it nice. Popped out. <laughs> yeah, that was amazing. Wow, like. The gnashing and just the ferocity of it running towards Cersei, full steam, and then the chain catching it. And mm-hmm. Yeah, it was just great. Was we had uh, Cersei's first meeting with Daenerys, and w- one thing oh, I loved right. about that is she's like, we waited for you, and, and <laughs> she apologized. Oh, 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 my apologies. So classy. <laughs> I think yeah. this was my, my only criticism about this episode um, was that Danny seemed kind of weak in this scene because you've got the king in the north 
talking up a storm. You've got Cersei talking up a storm, and Danny never really said much of anything. Maybe on part. maybe she on let Tyrion's Tyrion talk for her. Kind of like he was like you know you you he kind of gave her gave her a speech. I don't know if it was this episode or the last one. I got him kind of run into each other, but he was basically saying you can be short tempered. And she's like, I am not, and and so maybe she was Impulsive, kind of like yeah. holding <laughs> yeah. her shit in because she. If she said anything, did you think she seemed weak? Well, Melissa? I was a little bit. I, I, I too thought kind of what Duncan was saying, but then I was like, well, maybe she's doing that because if she opens yeah. her mouth, it's like if you don't have anything nice to say, <laughs> don't say anything at all. I just right. thought she felt so strong that she didn't need to say anything. That's that's kind of what I read. That's like my first watch. I didn't notice it at all. My second watch, I was like, wow, you know, Cersei's doing a lot of talking, and mm-hmm. Danny's not doing any talking and then at one point they're looking at each other and Cersei says something and Danny just averts eye contact and looks away from <laughs> yeah. her and I was sometimes, like oh man you broke eye contact well sometimes the person who says the least in the conversation has the most power and right. wise men listen and laugh while fools talk <laughs> well and I would have told I mean just personally I would have had my dragons but then I guess that's not fun it's like uh, it's like Lord of the Rings like why didn't the eagles just fly Frodo to Mount Doom like just have the fucking dragon sitting there <laughs> the first time Cersei does something sassy and annoying just like burner <laughs> nobody's gonna fuck with you on that you know uh-huh. yeah uh, they should just use those dragons as sneak attacks on the white walkers too like right when they're least expecting it just have the dragons fly in like they were totally expecting the dragons at that one scene because they're already having a fight and then you know everybody was on on guard and ready for battle and all of a sudden the dragons fly up so of course they have the spears and shit already they well, should just how totally, do we know they know, even know about the dragon i guess because you think they're kind of green green scene i yeah, guess they that, are yeah yeah, yeah. One of my small criticisms is Cersei kept saying, like, why isn't she with them? What, where is right, she? Obviously and she's let's the have dragon. the meeting in the dragon pit. Uh, yeah. But we don't suspect that she's going to show up with their dragons and, and show a, a force, you know. That seems a little yeah, weird. Honestly, I'm surprised Cersei was willing to meet at all because yeah. I would have I, mean, I expected to be roasted on site. Uh, I always think that when you hear, like, leaders of warring countries meet up i'm like is can they do that like because i remember when i we used to play assassin where we would have squirt guns and you would get the person that you were supposed to kill and then when you killed them or shot them then you would have to get their person and then the last person alive would get all the money in the pot we used to play that when i worked at this movie theater it's <laughs> awesome it wow. was awesome and there was a time when i was next to somebody and they're like let's call I, I need to call a timeout i need to talk to you and then they rolled down their window and i just shot him in the face <laughs> 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 but then you know actually i did they were like dude it was a timeout and i'm like okay <laughs> anyway, i never agreed to that timeout anything oh, else so much stuff we didn't cover i, mean, I, I have like you're on. I know. I know. I God. thought it you're was. You're on. You're on. Went back to. Yeah. I mean, what did they? What was their plan? Like, you're on. They, did they know they were going to see a zombie? Because did Cersei say, "Okay, when you see a zombie, pretend to be so scared that you're going to run away"? But they didn't know they were going to see a zombie. So, how did they plan that out? Not sure. I think that she probably said, you know, come up with a reason to leave at okay. some point and do it. But um, make it look like you're storming out. Um, mm-hmm. But they should have known. There's no fucking way that Cersei would let her whole ar- her whole, you know, fleet of ships leave like Just that. Just go. She'd be like, um, you know, uh, Gregor, don't let him leave, you know? Like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. You're on. Sit down or else. Yeah, here comes the mountain. 
Yeah, we'll yeah. put somebody else in control of the Iron Fleet. Like, <laughs> there's no fucking way that she would let him leave. There's oh the other thing that was cool was when the Hound and Brienne were reunited and um, you know they're talking and and Brienne is like you know I was just trying to protect Arya and Sandor says mm-hmm. the same you know me too and and he's like you know they're kind of connecting already like n- showing very little animosity towards one another yeah and the Hound is being very submissive um, even though like last good, time good pup she just about killed and, him. Right, so he has to be submissive. You know, <laughs> he's not gonna try again. But it looks like there's no um, hard feelings there. I thought you were dead. Yeah, yeah. Almost. I was really happy about that. And so he's like, "Who's protecting her if you're here?" And um, she's like, "The only one who needs protecting is the one who gets in her way." Right, right. right. And so Sandor right. says, "Won't be me." Um, but he has no fucking idea what she's talking about, really. Right. You know what I mean? He has no fucking she, clue that she know. is like master assassin Sam Fisher up there. What about Braun yeah. and Tyrion? That was a little sad. Oh, uh, it was sad, but it was great at the same time. Like, <laughs> you know, it was like, oh man, like Braun, like being very like disconnective. You know, not not connecting on an emotional level. Saying like, but I mean, at the same time, it's like, I don't know. He, he they had the conversation. He was talking about putting himself first and everything. But at the same time, he was helping. You know, yeah. he was he was doing Tyrion yeah, a favor. He met with Tyrion, did it all. Why doesn't he take Tyrion up on his offer for double payment though? Well, he may. Remember, there was Lannister soldiers marching on both sides of them, and yeah. they were talking very loudly to the point where Varys was reacting to their comments walking a few feet behind them. So okay. he probably didn't want to telegraph his actions. He's but like, there was that me, great moment. Me. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> um, Tyrion says, uh, it's good to see you again, you know, and Bronn says, yeah, you too. And I thought that was great. I, I like that pairing. What about the revelation that John's real name is Aegon Targaryen? Now, did right. Rhaegar had a child named that he named Aegon with Elia Martell, right? And Correct. Then he was murdered. That child by the died. Mountain. Yeah, His killed head was by the dashed mountain. against the wall. So then he names second. him Aegon, and he would be, I think, the sixth ruling Aegon. The first was the one that conquered Westeros in the first place. Correct. There was the the first Aegon was that Aegon. Aegon the second was the Aegon that was crowned after the um, the, the Blackfire. Not sorry, the uh, the Dance of the Dragons. It was kind of a coup that ended up with this Aegon taking the throne. I can't remember who Aegon the third is. Aegon the fourth was the crazy one who legitimized all of his bastards and <laughs> started the Blackfire rebellions. Aegon the fifth was Aegon the Just, whose Lord Commander of his Kingsguard was Sir Duncan the Tall, and they died at the tragedy at Summerhall. So this Aegon. Jon Snow theoretically would be Aegon the Sixth. Wow. And yeah. <laughs> that was some and, uh, serious information there. Right. You're like the exact just, opposite of me. <laughs> <laughs> just brushed up on that stuff. Um, but I thought yeah, it was in particularly interesting that uh <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> throw the ball over his head, Melly, to me. Monkey in the middle. Um <laughs> yeah, he uh when during that scene last year at the Tower of Joy, she pulls in Ned Liana pulls him in to tell him and she says his name is and the sound cuts out but you can see the look on Ned's face is just one of shock and horror realizing <laughs> the gravity of the situation and lo- looking back at it there's only one name that she could have said that would create that type of look and fear in Ned Stark's face and that is Aegon Targaryen because his best friend is is taking just took the throne and he's just finding out that his his nephew has is named after the conqueror himself the the name the targaryen that brought the most you know his name is the most terrifying name in westerosi history 
basically, this guy who showed up with all these dragons and took control of the Seven Kingdoms, that is the like the epitome of the Targaryen name right there is mm-hmm. Aegon. So for his nephew to be named that would just be a shocker to him, knowing that that his best friend would want to kill him as well. So he, yeah. given that information, he took his promise to Lyanna very seriously, so seriously he yeah. never told his wife. Just the gravity of his whole situation. Yeah, is, he'd rather be insane. considered a cheater than tell the truth about that. Yeah, it's just it was too much to risk. He should have made up another story, though. I found him in a basket. <laughs> I know, right? Come on. Yeah, right. <laughs> okay, I think that's great. <laughs> uh, we'll you'll you'll have a still smug, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Definitely. And then I think we should do an episode at some point where we like say what we hope will happen in the final season. And, oh yeah, that'd be fun. And of course, we're gonna go back and cover seasons one through four, as I mentioned. But right now, that's great. Let's take a little break. But there's more to come. Stay with us. All right, we're back. It's time to talk about the official sponsor this season of the Game of Microphones podcast, and that is Fracture. And we usually get more listeners for finale episodes, so there may be some of you out there that haven't heard about Fracture yet. So what is it? Well, it's your photo printed on this pane of glass in really nice, vivid color. You can get it in any size, really small to really big. You can get a square or a rectangle. Uh, They're ready to hang right when you get them. And I really like them because they're very simple and minimal. But they're beautiful in and of themselves, just the material and the way it looks. And on top of that, they're personal to you. It's your photo. It's your memories. They showcase your best photos in a really nice way. And a lot of our best photos are hidden away on our phones. You know, maybe we post them on Facebook and people see them for a limited time, but there's some photos that would look really good on your wall. And there'd be a nice reminder of something that you want to remember that you want to show off. Um, They're really easy to order and to hang up. And also they make the best gifts because it's hard. I find to figure out what to give people these days. People kind of have what they want, but, um, you can give them a fracture with a picture of you guys or, you know, your kids or something. And it's something, you know, they won't already have. And people really love them from what I've heard. I mean, and what I've experienced when I've given them to my relatives and stuff like that, people really like them. So I love them. <laughs> nice. Me too. We don't, it's yeah. not, we don't have hard copies of photos much anymore. Like yeah. you're saying. So it's pretty it, cool. And, it's a lost art. And these are very elegant. Yeah. Very elegant. They're, they're great and easy, which is a good combo. <laughs> Definitely. It's the best combo. <laughs> so if you go if you want to get one, go to fractureme.com slash podcast and pick game of microphones from the list of their podcasts there so they know you heard about it from us. If it's your first time ordering, you can use the code that they'll give you for ten percent off your order. That's fractureme.com slash podcast. And thank you to Fracture. Thanks, Fracture. Yay. All right. Time for the news. All right. Welcome to Game of Thrones news. <laughs> now, this is uh, our first piece of news today. It comes from Entertainment Weekly. Game of Thrones stars react to that huge Jon Snow reveal. And we'll just focus on Amelia Clark here, because that's what we all care about, is how Daenerys is going to react to this. So, it says, Amelia Clark, 
How do you think Daenerys Targaryen is going to react in the final season of Game of Thrones to the rather stunning news that her lover, Jon Snow, is also her nephew? We asked the Game of Thrones star this question while she sat on a folding chair amid the ancient Roman ruins of Italica outside Seville, Spain, last fall. Clark paused, considering, then she loudly cried, Ew! and laughed. (laughs) I think that's how it's going to go. I get the toothbrush. (laughs) And she pretended to start frantically brushing her tongue. That's awesome. It was a hilarious reaction that under... Yeah, like... (laughs) Finkel is Einhorn! Type of reaction. Um... It was a hilarious reaction that underscores the rather seriously emotional, game-changing revelation that threatens to shake up the final season of Game of Thrones. I pointed out that Daenerys has presumably long assumed she'll avoid her family's long predilection for incest. Exactly, Clark says. And then I walk back into it. (laughs) And so... That might be the tragedy of it. They might just not want to... Right? Yeah. Yeah, they might not want to Yeah, continue that pattern. But if she's already pregnant, it's too late, really. Mm -hmm. Um. And what about the fact that Jon Snow, or Aegon Targaryen, has a better claim to the Iron Throne than she does? And she says, I've worked so hard, I don't want to share that throne. She replied, no, the throne's big enough for one dragon bum, and that's mine. That's it. So, <laughs> so that'll be go. interesting. Yep. Yep, there you go. And She's what would Jon say um, in your impression of Jon? <laughs> you can take it. <laughs> I never asked to be made king. <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> then, um, Game of Th- our next piece of uh, news comes from Indian Express, and it's Game of Thrones actor Kit Harington to play his own 17th century ancestor in BBC drama Gunpowder. The series is based on a failed assassination attempt called the Gunpowder Plot. Series will star famous actors like Liv Tyler and Mark Gaddis. Wow. Yeah. The next piece of news is kind of sad for me. Um, Rick and Morty agrees with you. Game of Thrones is bad now. <laughs> you're not, so it says, uh, you're not alone in thinking that Game of Thrones, with its, its accelerated timeline, undead TED talk, and Cersei's curious lack of hair growth, is simply not as good as it once was. Yes, there's an ice dragon, but whatever happened to a season where the Stark sisters had discernible character motivations? The creators of Rick and Morty know your gripes and appropriately eulogized them after this week's episode. In a post-post-credit sequence, the show ran a title card mourning the writing of Game of Thrones. It said, basically, it was just the text saying, The writing of Game of Thrones, colon, 2011 to 2016. <laughs> Whatever. Wow, so that's maybe she's yeah. been trimming. Maybe she's just like, you know what? This is a very good look for me, and she's been like trimming it. Yeah, yeah. I think she's going for the Joffrey. Yeah, yeah she's bold. She, she's a hundred percent. Obviously, like yeah. that's yeah, a stupid definitely. complaint. I mean, yeah, there's people. I but I did. I about, have to admit, I did recognize that as well. We were just literally talking about it last night. I'm like, wow, her hair has not grown. So I recognized it, but then I came well, up with a reason Yeah, she's trimming it. Yep. <laughs> they're actually, I mean, that's what they're doing to the actress. They're cutting her hair. Otherwise, it would yeah. grow. Uh, but right. there's also, you know, complaints about pacing. And some of the complaints I have too, and I've said them in this podcast, but to me, they're pretty minor compared to how awesome this show is. Still yeah, one of the here. best shows Absolutely. ever on TV, I think. So. That's my position on it. Uh, yeah, I think it's the best. I mean, I haven't yeah. seen every TV show ever made, but it's the best one that I've seen. Right. For sure. So Breaking our Bad's next piece awesome, of news. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Breaking Bad's <laughs> great, too. Uh, Game of Thrones is just next level, though. Yeah. In my Deadwood. Opinion. I'm all Deadwood. Um, it's pretty good. Like the technical accomplishments of Game of Thrones, like Dwarf 
anything that was ever done in Breaking Bad, for instance. Yeah, absolutely. So it's taken like filmmaking or TV making to another level. Though there's some good meth ways. montages, but yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and some cool box cutters. <laughs> our next article is um, an interview with Entertainment Weekly with our friend and good uh, good compatriot Peter Baelish talking about his you know his reaction to the uh, to his death basically at the uh, end of this he talks about how he found out about the death and it's through the infamous phone call it was so obvious what it is showrunners Dan Weiss and Benioff um, never ring you up maybe once in six years I learned about the call from Roose Bolton actor Michael McElliton and he told me about the call and he talked about how it made him feel and I thought if I get that call or rather when as this has got to happen sooner or later to a character like Littlefinger, I wondered how it would make me feel because the show is such a part of your life for so many years, you start to think, what will your life be outside of it? It's a potent loss. So how did it make you feel? You're left a little bereft for your character and for your experience. It also immediately makes you quantify the hugeness of what that experience has been over the last seven years, which has been massive. They ask if the showrunners joked around at all or if they were straightforward. He says, no joke. They, they just promised me a river of blood. Well, it wasn't really a river of blood, but they promised me more um, more than poor Michael got. <laughs> the guy, you know, Bruce Bolton. Let's see, what else is there? He says, what, would, what was your last day like? My last day on the set wasn't even that scene. The execution was the second scene he shot for the series, or for the, for the season, so that's pretty uh. interesting. He says, uh, I quite enjoyed doing things that way, shooting Ling- Littlefinger's death and then shooting what comes before. Huh. You know what's coming you relax a little in the way you're interacting with others. There's something else that seeps into your performance, a kind of serenity. But yeah, I did. And it's got to be interesting too, because you know what, where things are going. So you know what kind of inflections to add and how to play things a little bit more mm-hmm. accurately. So he says, but yeah, I did find it quite emotional shooting the final scene. And I don't necessarily mean that I was sad, but it's an emotional moment for the character. So I felt what he was feeling for the real last day at work. David and Dan weren't there but co-executive producer Brian Cogman called people in and said a few words and my son was there with me. That was quite something. And I got my Mockingbird pin, which he got to keep, it sounds like. So that's pretty cool. I had already let them know I wanted it and I cleverly worked it. So I got two. (laughs) (laughs) There was one from my cloak and one from my tunic. So I got the large and the small size, one for me and one for my son. That's nice. Yeah, that must have been, I mean, to work on something for so long uh, and have it, you know, whoop, come to an end is got to be pretty emotional. Mm-hmm. Yeah, especially it's something be really... like that. Yeah. Oh, oh my yeah, god. Yeah. So monumental. That last scene of his, he really did it justice, in my opinion. Oh, it was Definitely. great. He, it was so nerve wracking, and it was just mm-hmm. like, oh shit. Yeah, it was. It was really good. He's he's an amazing actor. Yep. And he goes on to say that he was he felt glad about the way it ended up playing out, and that he thought that. Um, he was happy that he got a good arc in the final season with him and everything. So I'm glad he's happy with it. Mm-hmm. I really, I'm going to miss Baelish though. He's great. Me too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. So our next piece of news comes from watchers on the which is a great website. They have cool, good reviews of the episodes and news and everything there. So check that out. Um, the season finale, the dragon and the wolf has broken all game of Thrones, previous viewership number records, achieving a series high. Deadline reports that last night, Game of Thrones drew in 12.1 million viewers for the finale. Episode 5, Eastwatch, held the previous record with 10.72 million wow. viewers watching the initial airing. Yeah, so that is huge. Yeah. 
Got another article about Con of Thrones, which is a big Game of Thrones con this past year, which <laughs> will be returning in 2018. So that's good news. Search for that. And our last piece of news is from Watchers on the Wall, and HBO reveals that The Game Revealed is returning for the postseason. And that's basically a Game of Thrones behind-the-scenes special featurette called Game The Game Revealed that will be um, airing pretty soon, I guess, packed with all kinds of behind-the-scenes videos that will be released weekly. And, um, yeah, it'll be seven parts, and we'll, we'll include interviews with all kinds of cast and crew members providing insight into the show's biggest moments of Season 7. So that is it for the news cool. today. Awesome. Thanks. Yeah. All right. Let's move along to Raven's Calls. <laughs> I think that's Melly every time. I, I kind of like try to speed through that for you, Melly. So for what? Time for this part. The crows? The, uh, oh, the news. No, no, the, the, news. Uh, the news so we could get to the Raven's Calls. Like, I like the crows. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> I'll play it again. No, just kidding. Okay. <laughs> Bill Belanzik says... Unreal. My mind is still trying to process the amount of awesomeness that went down in this episode. It had everything you'd want in a season finale. I like that it tied a lot of loose ends and that intense ending framed it nicely for the final season. Yeah. Sarah Oaks. Everything I've ever wanted happened tonight. All of the characters we've been following were finally all together on screen. Jamie is turning into the hero we know he is. The Whites have torn down the wall. Oof. Littlefinger got what's been coming to him, and for my number one, John and Daenerys got together. Bonus point, bon- sorry, bonus point. People know John isn't a bastard, and is actually the true king of the Seven Kingdoms. John and Daenerys had to get together before they knew, and now she's totally pregnant. And we all <laughs> know how John feels about bastards. Can't wait for next season. Oh, good call about the bastard yeah. thing. That's so funny. That uh, means they have to get married. That's if she's the pregnant. yeah optimistic way of looking at it. They're going to be married. And it'll it's be romantic. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or he'll right. die first, and they won't get to be married, <laughs> yeah. and then he'll have a bastard on his hands. Yeah, I'd say there's like a 90% chance of that. No, just kidding. Uh, <laughs> Moondella says she's totally going to get pregnant. Bastard. Two pregnant queens going at it. Fierce. Fierce. Oh, man. <laughs> they do like to mirror things with, mm-hmm. with you know, on the show. So Cersei's pregnant. Fire that nice. probably means Danny's going to be pregnant. Yeah. yeah. Yep, definitely. Rita Melvin says, wow, incredible season finale. The demonstration of how to kill a white walker was glorious. Yes. Just to clarify, that was a white, but the sentiment is dead on. Right. That was so cool. Great scene. Um, Nick Quinto Quinto uh, says, I think that's the first time we've ever seen Cersei, Cersei, Cersei scared. <laughs> now that's scary. That's true. I didn't yeah, even, twice it's funny you guys episode. said that because I like, I noticed that, but I was like, eh, but I didn't really pay attention to it. It's true. Realize the significance of it. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Olivia Deck says, great to see Littlefinger finally tumble down his ladder of chaos and getting what he deserves. <laughs> Being killed by his own blade was icing on the cake. Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, that blade went full circle. And we, we found out. I don't think we ever knew for sure that was his, right? But now we know. Now we know, yeah. Lisa Marie Coltrane says, once Sansa said, 
The worst possible motivation for Arya was her wanting to be Lady of Winterfell. I knew they were onto him. Sansa knows that's the last thing Arya would want. Mm. And yeah, yeah, it's debatable whether they've been plotting and leading Littlefinger on this whole time, or just to whether get him she out just himself. figured it out in that moment, right? Mm-hmm. Or whether that moment was when the light bulb came, you know, lit mm-hmm. up for her. And that's if what I she think. hadn't known, that's when the light bulb definitely yeah. would have gone off. Because mm-hmm. she looked really disturbed in that moment, and I think it could be that she was disturbed going. Littlefinger's playing me right now. Oh, snap. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yep. That's what, yeah, my mom said the same thing. That's what she thought. That was the light bulb moment. Uh, this is Sherry. Sherry Morford. Yay. Sherry. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was terrifying. Taking the wall down was frighteningly easy for the Night King. I don't know how our side can possibly win. I know. They well, can't. I guess we still have two dragons. We still have two. Mm. Non-dead dragons. For now. Other thoughts. Cersei sucks. I can't believe I have to wait two years to see John find out he just fucked his aunt. <laughs> <laughs> I think yeah, that's the I first know. time that sentence has ever been written. <laughs> ever. Yeah. In the history Probably. of humankind. <laughs> well, I, I don't know. Uh, yeah, never mind. Um, <laughs> You're like, my family. Uh, no. Yeah. Just kidding. <laughs> I'm from the Ozarks. Sherry, I think, I think Sherry's on to something. Sim- you know, I think this dragon is going to be a lot harder to take down than mm-hmm. we had mm-hmm. speculated. Because right. when the when the Night King creates a White Walker, these uh, I think the dragon is a White Walker dragon. I don't think it's just a white dragon. Mm. I think it's uh, it's sort of been granted this gift that the White Walkers have, where they become very powerful, sentient, um, and well, intelligent. You know, and you know, Cersei's potentially Cersei has that weapon, the dragon killing weapon. They're going to have to do that, but they're going to have to make it out of the. Uh, dragon Dragonstone, glass. Dragon Glass, yeah. Yeah, I mean, there's gonna I mean, have to be like man. a because they're they do have those dragon killing spears, but I right. think they're Good gonna point. have to concoct. They're gonna have to Dragon Glass I version. Think you're right. right. Oh, that's yeah. really yeah. good, Melly. I hadn't even thought of that. Brilliant. But yeah, these the White Walkers become like super strong and like invincible nearly. So I think that the dragon, like a, a White Walker dragon, is gonna be even faster and stronger. And we saw it. It was super ferocious. Its fire was next level. Um, All you have to do yeah, is stab it with an arrow, dragon glass arrowhead, and it'll shatter. Though yeah, that's <laughs> no. the thing about the White Walkers. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. They are, yeah, they have definitely have a big weakness. Yeah, unless it's dragon, dragon, you know, flesh of fire um, counteracts that somehow. Right. Right. Derek Pacheco dragon, says it's a weird feeling knowing this was somehow the best and worst season of television ever. <laughs> <laughs> Nonetheless, they did their jobs enough to hook us in for the final season. I will unfortunately be going to bed unable to shake the feeling that this show shouldn't have been created until George was done with the story. D and D clearly would have benefited so much by having George involved. I can't mm-hmm. argue with that. It would be it would be it's too bad we don't get to ever find out what the show would be like if he had right. been done with the books. Right. Yeah. Wow. Good point. Matthew Rep says, "I was so angry when I found when I thought that they were going to um, that they were throwing away the threat Euron could be by having him run away. <laughs> yeah, that yeah. would have been out of character. It seems so ridiculous, like just seeing one white without knowing. Yeah, I'm out of here. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> fuck this. Yeah, no way. Although he's he realized. did do the thing that a lot of people do when you think about what you would do in the zombie apocalypse. Oh, we'll go to an island. Yeah, exactly. Definitely. I'm gonna be yeah." Becky Price, I am so satisfied with this episode. Also, all the haters and naysayers can finally say they addressed the time issue. We heard both war par- both war parties discussing the length of travel time in this episode. See? 
Time exists in season seven Westeros. I don't remember that, but I'll, I'll yeah, take I don't, your word I don't for either. it. <laughs> I was drinking a lot of red oh, wine. Yeah. It'll take the Dothraki, you know, a fortnight to get from here to okay, cool. White Harbor oh, on yeah. the King's Road. That's right. <laughs> and, and now we know why John was like, we should take the boat. Right. Oh, yeah. Well, I think <laughs> he just wanted to get well, yeah, the love, the love <laughs> yeah. boat. Yeah, yeah, right. I really think it would be better to take the boat. Say I would puke the, the entire time, so I don't think it's better. I, there would be no sex <laughs> for me because I'd be vomiting upon my lover. Oh, man. That's not hot. Unless you're that into that, so then that's romantic. hot. Yeah, right. <laughs> that's funny. Dramamine <laughs> works pretty good, but then you're just dra- drowsy as hell. Boo, yeah. Michael Twardzolo says, Danny slash John getting it on while narration confirms they are related was interesting. <laughs> Don't know how many viewers can put their general real world views of incest aside and buy into the show's worldviews. I can. Yeah, I mean, it's a different time. Too, it's like, yeah, it's yeah. yeah. I can. I, I kind of can, it. too. As, you know, kinky as that sounds, I'm I'm OK with it. Yeah, I'm so used to uh, the Targaryen incest concept that it's like doesn't even phase me. Even Danny had yeah. said like that she was initially, but be- basically had been planning on marrying Viserys. Right. Right. I mean that first episode you. with, uh, you know, they showed Jamie going at it with Cersei. I was like, what kind of show is this? Yeah. <laughs> and Viserys was like, you know, touching Daenerys in un- inappropriate ways and everything yeah, too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That episode, yeah, it was very uncomfortable. Be thrust into that. So, um, to speak. Yeah. <laughs> so what uh okay uh lisa marie coltrane says i got a bad feeling about Tyrion this episode and he's my favorite of all but he must have told cersei something after he realized she was pregnant to get her back to the table and what was that look about when he realized danny and john were getting down with with the uh, emotion of the mm-hmm. ocean <laughs> i guess we'll find out it was a little confusing yeah. i know i'm scared and to what made it particularly unnerving was um, Ramin Javadi's choice of, of note to be played in the music mm-hmm. at that moment when it showed Tyrion. It was a very, very ominous note. It made me uncomfortable. Yeah, there's something going on there. Yeah. This is uh, David Gaines, Blue Flame Dragon. To quote a wise man, we fucked. <laughs> we fucked. <laughs> Benjamin Denny says, did anyone take note of that split second that the camera panned past Jamie and froze on Widow's Whale for a moment before continuing to pan to Cersei, Sir Jamie, the king slash queen slayer? I hope so. Yeah. Oh, man, that would make him the king slash queen slash kin slayer. And then he'd be the most (laughs) metal band ever on the face of the planet. Yeah. Oh, that'd be epic. Um, I didn't catch that, but that's a really good catch. Michael Darwin says, my only question, did Tormund and Beric live or die when the wall fell? Well, we didn't see them die. I'm gonna go so they must have lived. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I'm yeah. saying live. Yeah. Uh, Beric has to live to uh, to see the hound, and Tormund has to live to uh, get down with the motion of the ocean of Brienne. Brienne, well. yeah. Yeah. Um, Megan Dively. Megan Dively Lemon. Sorry, I didn't bolt this. Oh, Megan Dively Lem- Lemon. We didn't get the John and Danny first kiss we deserved. We just got a longing look, the naked city. That's true. I'm kind of with you in that, you know, you know, romantic way. First kiss yeah. would have been nice. But, it's, you know, yeah. they just went naked. <laughs> <laughs> My cool, Almardini says, said. but that ass, though. Yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. 
Rima Joe says, It happened. John and Danny. The air absolutely sparks and sizzles when they're breathing in the same space. So this was inevitable. And wow, I was sweating the entire time and I desperately needed a cold drink. Okay, it's not all I needed, but I'm trying to keep it clean. Rima. Way to go. Game of Thrones making incest mainstream. <laughs> what will the news do to Johnny and to Johnny to John and Danny knowing he's the true heir? This will surely tear them apart at Johnny the least. Snow. And yeah, Johnny Snow. Oh, Johnny. <laughs> this will surely tear them apart at the least, and one or both may die at the worst. Damn this show. As much as I want them together, this was why I I fought it in the beginning, knowing this could be a possible outcome. And with the end of the episode brought a, with what the end of, end of the episode brought us, does it matter? Didn't we know since the beginning the wall was coming down eventually? My poor sweet Viserion with the Night King on his back, breathing some uh, some badass. <laughs> I don't know. Was it icy fire? Viserion is still a badass, but I'm still heartbroken by what he's become. Will he kill one of his brothers? Will the will one of his brothers kill him? Will Viserion die if the Night King is killed? Winter is here and death marches forward and Winterfell is a stone's throw away. What do we do until season eight? Oh yeah, rewatch of the entire series. Till then, Throners. Yep. Watch mm. it slowly. We've got a lot of time. <clears throat> yep. There's you know, what, 60, 67 episodes now. And if Game of Thrones season eight doesn't come on till January, that's just over 67 weeks, right? So I've heard it's going to be two years, dudes. I don't know if that's right or wrong, really? but I keep hearing people that are thrown out There's two years. There's speculation that it might come out in 2019, but it doesn't necessarily mean the end of 2019. That's true. I guess Could it is late January. 2000. Yeah. You're right. You're right. I was hoping, right. I'm, I'm optimistically hoping for January 2019, mm. but it could be two years. Yeah. Mm -hmm. No question. Gotcha. They haven't said anything, so but I think they're going to start filming a few months later than normal, so or even than they did this season, which was already later. So, well, and I hope, yeah, they're, uh, I hope each episode is like two hours long at least. I mean, one thing we didn't mention <laughs> is that Jamie saw snow at King's Landing, so right, it, oh, winter's man. coming down south, and and so they're going to want to have some wintry scenes. So they'll mm. film later in the year. Mm-hmm. Wow, that's mm -hmm. going to be so crazy, man. That was a big thing to not mention, too. And we had one email, Melissa. Gary in Illinois. Hello, all. A question I can't get out of my head is who who was the Night's King before the transformation? Yeah, me too. Was he just a regular Joe or was he a highborn Stark? Does it even matter? I don't read the book, so don't know if that was explained. I just can't help. I just can't help that he has ties to some important house. Thanks. Love the podcast. Yeah, I, that's funny. I never even thought of that. Oh, yeah. We Who saw that him. Who is that Stark. fucking guy? You know, um, when they showed uh, the children in the forest talking about how they created the White Walkers, and they showed a flashback of one of them pushing dragon glass into a man's chest. Oh, that's it was the same right. actor that, him, yeah. that plays the Night King. Uh, so, but well, that doesn't Vladimir mean we, we know anything about him. It just yeah, we saw that happen. But I think in the book, aren't there some? I mean, maybe you should say that since we're it's a long podcast. But you might want to talk about sure. that on Still Smug. Yeah, good call. Okay, and we have one call from our good friend, Laura Willie Swink. Hey, guys, Laura calling in with my feedback. Hmm. Oh, my God. 
my TV was melting, and it wasn't from the dragon. So John and Terry finally combined ice and fire, and it was steamy. Oh, I know. That was so bad. I just had to. I know so that they had a secret wedding on that boat because, you know, John's biggest hang-up is that he doesn't want to father a bastard, and I have a feeling he just fathered a bastard. <laughs> In Winterfell, I was so worried that Sansa and Arya were actually going to destroy each other up until the 11th hour, even though I had a feeling that they had something going on, but... I was so nervous for them, but our little she-wolves finally came through. They busted Littlefinger with, uh, you know, a little bit of help from Bran. You know, thanks for chiming in, Bran. And the Stark sisters finally squished the flea that had been biting their family from season one. It's so awesome. Mm -hmm. And now they've Agreed. got this great tool to use uh, against Cersei being Lord Baelish's face, which I really hope Arya puts to good use. Why did Rhaegar have to look so much like Danny's douchebag brother Viserys? <laughs> no, ah. no, he's supposed to be a dreamboat, yeah. not a slimy bastard. <laughs> and why the hell was Tyrion being such a creeper on the boat? I mean, wasn't he and Danny just like two episodes ago sitting there gossiping like schoolgirls? Oh, girl, that's Jon Snow. He's totally into you. So what gives now? Makes me very suspicious about Tyrion. Uh, finally, the winter in King's Landing was awesome. It was so beautiful and finally here. I know I must be a child of Winterfell because I love winter. I love the snow and seeing it fall in King's Landing was just so beautiful and peaceful until we go up north and the horror of what to is to come, the ice dragon blowing down the wall. I couldn't believe it, and I'm keeping a candle lit for Tormund in hopes that we're going to see him again in Season 8. Well, my watch has ended for now, but uh, let's bring on the rewatch. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Awesome. Awesome. All right. Mm -hmm. That was a great call. Yeah. All right, that's our show, episode 41. Thanks for listening, everybody. Thank you for sticking with us throughout this season. Yay. We had a ton of fun talking yeah. about this sh awesome show. I wanted to mention also, I hope everyone is okay out in Texas where it's like hurricaning right now. Um, write in if you're yeah, from there. Man. Let us know that you're okay. You're definitely in our thoughts. If you want to call us, you can reach us at 813-563-3739. That's 813-JOFFREY. If you'd like to write in, you can email us at game at podcastica.com. You can also check out our Facebook page at facebook.com slash gompodcast. You can check out all the other great podcasts on our network at podcastica.com. If you miss Mr. Blog, you should check out his uh, Under the Comic Covers We've got Walking Dead cast going weekly now, so Karen and I are going to be on this week talking about Hitchcock's Rear Window. Looking forward to that. Next episode on this podcast, Game of Thrones Season 1, Episode 1. Nice. Uh, oh, and well, after Still Smug, which I'm sure is going to be amazing. <laughs> and please also check out our Patreon. I gave you a slew of things to do, but this one is patreon.com slash Jason and Karen. All right, that's our show. 
Thanks for listening. The long night is here. <laughs>